Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. My name's Josh. Uh, if we haven't met yet, love to meet you at some point. And um, I have the privilege of being able to speak tonight, which uh, I believe that God wants to speak some a few things to us and encourage us in, in a couple of things. And then we're going to pray and then we're going to go home. But when we pray, I really believe that the power of God is going to impact us in different ways. And I believe that he wants to speak to each one of us. And so I don't think it's that simple. Before we do anything, Jesse Barnes, you're playing incredibly well, honestly, for like, are you 15 or 16? 16. Happy birthday. 16. Can, could anyone even play a chord at 16 or not like that? You have some good like genes, but I know you've worked hard too. It's awesome. It's great. And the other thing like, I mean, I used to be a youth pastor and I work in school, but there's a few things like seeing Jesse up there, I, like, I love it. And then looking down the front here and seeing all of you guys in between your chaplain and your pastor, pastors, what's that, and principal. <laughs> and that, that also, like, that, that gets me too, because I'm just like, I, I love that. And I know for some of you guys, you've been getting yourselves to church for years without any help. Yeah, and I think that's that's incredible, and um, I love. Yeah, I think yeah, and uh, happy birthday. Tonight we uh, we've been going through the book of Luke and looking at the parables of Jesus, and not the parables, the miracles of Jesus. He also tells parables. Not looking at those, and and learning like what is it that we learn about Jesus? What does he show us? What's what's the point of this? And and tonight really I, I want to read through a part of this parable. Jesus forgives and heals a paralyzed man. Basically just going to I just want to work through the passage tonight and pull out a bunch of things and I feel like there's a couple of things that God wants to speak to us personally and as a church. And um that's pretty much it. I I feel like it's it's kind of simple. So have a, let's let's read through this together. Basso's got it. So one day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem, and the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men carrying a paralyzed man man came uh, on, a, on a sleeping mat. They, yeah, they, they tried to take him inside to see Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down at the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. Which you would, wouldn't you? So first thing, I've really just got three, three quick points. The first one is this. Healthy community leads to healing. One of the first things Jesus says is when these men, this mat is lowered down. Now, I just want you to imagine a few, few friends with their friend who is paralyzed. 
and they know Jesus is in town. In fact, this story is mentioned in three different Gospels, which tells you it's important. And so these men, with their friend in community, one of their friends, they thought, well, Jesus is here and he can heal people. We've seen him do things, we've heard about it. He's been around teaching, like he was just hanging around teaching. And so their response is, well, we'll pick up our friend in his sleeping mat, we'll carry him out. They get to the door and it's crowded, there's no room to get in. Now, luckily in those days, houses generally had steps to the roof. And, uh, and in some houses, now there's differentiations. I think some people talk about digging through the roof, and this, this mentions tiles. They were able to move the roof some way, but they were desperate. And so they got their friend. And I think it's actually a pretty terrifying thought too, because what if they'd lowered him down and everyone had said, sorry guys, there's no room, or what are you doing? Like, take him back up. It's like an absolute, there's so much faith in this, even just to pick him up and walk with him. And so they lower him down in front of Jesus. Hey, have you ever been totally distracted while working? Are you doing, you're just trying to do your job and some, someone totally distracts you, something happens. This is a random thing. One time um, during a church service when we used to be over in Tyus Hill, I remember in the mid- middle of the service there was gold dust. And I think it was my brother leading the service and it was like he stopped and everyone's like, whoa. And it turned out a projector bulb had blown. But I tell you, it was so distracting. And, and I was like, I, I know it can happen, but it was like, it, it was like just a projector bulb but you know you like you're trying to do do your job there's Jesus he's teaching he's doing his thing and next minute there's like a you know a ceiling fan coming down and and he's got to work out what to do with this guy and I mean Jesus wasn't often stuck for what to do because it says right here right at the start it says and the Lord's healing power was strongly with him so what Jesus was doing there he was teaching and he was healing he was demonstrating his authority and his power and so these men brought their friend. They, they battled crowds to get in. They battled hierarchy because there were the rig- religious leaders and the Pharisees there who would cast judgment. They battled architecture to get their friend healing. And that's what community does. We don't let barriers get in the way of bringing our friends, our community into healing. Interestingly, I, I think when you think about community with a paralyzed man, what can he offer you? Maybe he was a good laugh. You know, maybe they went and sat with him and he, was, he told great jokes. But, but if you're sick, he can't cook you a meal. Or if he could, he's not going to be able to deliver it to you. He wouldn't have been able to carry them on a stretcher if they needed help. I find it fascinating that often, often in this story, we think about ourselves as, as the friends. Sometimes I think we can also be the paralyzed man. We're the person who sometimes needs that. I mean, if, if you've had COVID, you, you probably know that you need a few friends. Well, we, we've, um, we've had lockdown three times this year, isolation, uh, and looking after people, and had people turn up. Like, we're, we're like paralysed in a sense, we can't go out, and people just turn up with things to our door. And it's, it's phenomenal, it's incredible, it's beautiful, but we couldn't, I couldn't say, well, I'm going to repay it tonight and go and do something. It's like, well, I'd get a massive fine, and it's not really worthwhile. But, but you know, it's, there's something beautiful in community when people can say, I'm going to give something to you knowing that you can't give back to me. And I don't believe it's low expectations. I believe it's high grace. I don't believe we're meant to have low expectations of people and go, well, everyone's a sinner. They can't really do much for me. No, I, I actually think we're just meant to have a high amount of grace for people and understand that different people have different ways of meeting different people's you know, needs and helping people. But not everyone can do exactly the thing that you want them to do for you. And so in community, we get this opportunity to bring people to healing. And, and our light is seen through radical love. Now, I don't get to define what radical love looks like. Jesus does that. Sometimes I want to define what love looks like. Have you ever done that? 
Like, oh, I want love to look a certain way. Like if you, you know, the five love languages and everyone wants love to look sort of, you know, like if you're a physical touch person, it's like, well, you know, everyone should just hug. And if you're not a physical touch person, you're like, step away. And we have different ways, you know, we kind of want to define what love sort of should look like to us, but Jesus defines it in a different way and he defines it as absolutely sacrificial. And, and in our community, we need to make room for paralytics because it could be you. It could be me. We need to make room for people who are paralyzed. It could be paralyzed with a lack of faith. It could be paralyzed with, with some sin or something else. It could be physically paralyzed. It could be I don't know, they, they might not even realize they're paralyzed. But it, as a community, I believe that like stepping into the future as a church, that God is calling us to make room for paralytics. Absolutely, that they should be able to be welcomed. We don't have to make room in the ceiling, but there should be room through the doors. And, and we don't just do it because, you know, one day it could be us. But, and I believe breakthrough comes through community. Now, if, you've, if you're sitting here, you feel like you don't have community. And, and I get that. It, like our church is is relatively big and that can actually feel like that sometimes and that's that's a that's a tricky tricky thing to navigate too when you sort of look around you see people established and one thing i I think if you don't have community there's probably other people who don't feel like they have community too and sometimes you can be the one to start community to find someone else like to look around and go actually they don't have community and i'm going to be community for them Maybe that's the healing they actually need. Maybe there's someone in this room is feeling paralyzed, not able to reach out, and you're the one who's actually able to bring them in. And interestingly, then you find community, and maybe you're both healed. So the other thing I think that's so clear is this, is God responds to intercession. And if you have friends in need, I encourage you to pray. Like, pray your guts out for them. You're essentially praying, I'll carry you. I'll, I'll carry you in my prayers. Um, I work at a school and we often pray for kids who never know that we'll pray for them. You know, I mean, I pray publicly as well, but we pray quietly for kids and I pray quietly for other people. And it's a way of carrying people. You can pray for people in the Ukraine that have never been there. You probably don't want to go there right now, but we can, we can carry them. We can actually carry people, stand in the gap there. And, and that, that's, that's our call as a church right now. The second thing is Jesus has the authority to heal our deepest needs. Now, when it comes to the Pharisees, the Pharisees were sitting there uh, listening to Jesus teach, and, and that, was, that was their job. They, were, they helped the Jews to maintain the Mosaic law. Okay, so Moses wrote the law. There's 613 mitzvot, 613 laws. If you've done SOR, you know that well. In year 11 and 12, if you've got no idea what I'm talking about, just tune out for a second. So they were trying to keep the law. And the Pharisees, they were their, they were their job was essentially to go, how can we help you to, to, do the, to maintain the law? Because we believe that maintaining the law will bring us closer to God. And often we look at the Pharisees as like a bunch of like terrible people. And, and some of them weren't great. But I believe their heart was, they, they were trying to work out, is this guy true or not? Like, is he the real deal? Because he's making all these claims. And, and if he's not, well, we're certainly going to make him pay. But if he is, then, then that actually means something for us. And so, so they're there doing their job. Now, have you ever had your authority questioned? Have you ever been pulled over by a police officer? And he questions, do you have the authority to drive a vehicle? And you have to pull out your license, you know, shaking. You know, and you're like, I don't think I did anything wrong, but here you go. Like, well, one time a few years ago, we were driving down to a music festival late at night and I had a sleeping baby and my two siblings in the back. They were all asleep, actually. Eva, my wife, she was in the front. 
We pulled in, everyone had to pull in. The police were checking everyone's licenses. And you pull in and I didn't think anything about handing hand him my license. And he looks at it. And I was thinking he's just going to let me straight through. And he goes, do you realise this expired four days ago? I was like, actually I do because I remember getting that letter the other week. But today is my birthday. And it was my birthday. I wasn't lying. He could see it on there. That would be a stupid thing to do. Um, <laughs> Because I, I was driving thinking I had the authority to drive. I was thinking when he takes my license, there's no question, I can drive. Of course, you know. Got my gold license. It's fantastic. I still remember, Asher, when you got your 10 years and you got a half-price license. And I went to do that and they said nine and a half years ago, you did a U-turn at 1 a.m. And I was like, that's right, I did. Thank you. Thank you. There's grace in church, but not in the RTA. So... Um, Oh, I was, I needed real healing for that. Um, do you have the, and so, so the amazing thing was the police officer went away and he came back and he's like, I'm going to give you the best birthday present ever and um, let me off. So, so that was great. It was a good birthday present. But that, that question of authority, you know, I actually had a student once say to me and it was the best compliment I'd ever had. They're like, you teach with experience, but you look too young. Like, I can't work you out. And I was like, you just went straight to the top of the class. Like, that is the best thing I've ever heard. I, that kid, they failed on paper, but I made them pass. Um, so, uh, they weren't too bright. No, I don't, even, I don't even remember who it was. But I still remember, it was like, wow, you know, that, that sort of that authority question. It's like, there's something there. And that's what these guys are doing. They're trying to work out Jesus. Essentially, you teach with authority. We know who you are and where you've come from. What's the deal? Okay. Now, has anyone given up dessert for Lent? Has anyone given up anything for Lent? Oh, well, not too many Catholics here then, I guess. If you want, actually, can I encourage you to give up something for Lent? Just quickly, total side note, this is a freebie. Give up something, something. We're leading into to Easter and heading towards that and to partner with Jesus. Like Jesus went into self-imposed wilderness and it was the best thing for his ministry. And I believe that if you can put yourself into some sort of self-imposed wilderness, you go, I'm going I'm to give something up. It's so good for you. And if there's something you think you can't do without, it's probably the thing you need to give up. Sorry to say it. Uh, if you want a list of things to give up, I've got an awesome list and you'll hate it. But I tell you, it's so, like I did it last year and I'm doing it again. It's just cutting out everything fun and it's great. So when we think about dessert, all right, there's this saying, you might know it, the proof is in the pudding. Do you know this, this term? Now, when you think the proof is in the pudding, we think if you'll, you'll like the dessert when you try it. You know, if you try it, you go, oh, yeah, I like it. You know, so the proof is in the pudding. If you eat it, you might like it. You find out. The actual term has nothing to do with dessert. It has to do with sausage. Because a long, long time ago, you know, people making sausages, getting sort of the, you know, parts of a, an animal and stuffing all these bits into another part of an animal. Which, you know the term black pudding? There we go, the proof is in the pudding. Now, the proof was, is this going to kill you or not? That's the proof. Because if it wasn't made right, if they used the wrong bits, or if they'd been sitting out in the sun for far too long, someone was going to die. So the term the proof is in the pudding actually has nothing to do with dessert. Has everything to do with, is this going to kill you? Is this going to lead to life, tasty sausage? Or is this going to lead to a painful death? Okay, now I say this because that's exactly what the Pharisees are doing. This, the proof is in the pudding. Is this going to lead to life? 
Is this going to be good for us or is this going to lead to death? They're asking that, that, that very question. When you think the proof is in the pudding, you won't think it at the same time. So it's the same way. But that's, that's, it, that's it. Is this a good thing? Is what Jesus is doing, his, his claim on authority, is that a good thing? Or is it an evil thing? That, that's actually the question we need to ask when Jesus claims these things. Is it a good thing or is it an evil thing? Now, this man being lowered through the roof, he had obvious needs, yeah? Like obvious physical needs being paralyzed. Have, have you ever seen people with obvious needs? You know, you see people, you, you, can, you can tell what they need. Have you seen people, maybe, maybe friends, you know, like someone's sick and you go, I know exactly what you should do. Have you ever had, done that? Maybe someone said it to you. You know, you need to take panel, you need to take neurofit. And you go off, what's happened to you before? I know exactly what you need. You know, I'm, I'm really good. Or, or maybe, maybe someone, you know, like, I mean, we can have some pretty judgmental ideas. You know, you see someone poor and you go, they need a job. I know exactly what you need. Or, or someone, someone is in some sort of relational trouble and you like, I know exactly what you need to do. This is what worked for us. Guaranteed work for you. Okay, and, and we, we often, we actually love to give advice. Like we love, now if you, like you can shake your head, but like we, church, we love, we love advice. Not always receive it, we love to give it. We really do. I had a, a year 12 student come to me last year and she said, I need some advice on something. And she had a pretty like big decision to make on something. And, and, I, and, I, and I aim to not give advice in my job. That's, you know. And so we walked through the scenario and what, what she should do. And after a while, I said to her, what, what do you think you should do? And she just looked at me like so strange. She's like, isn't it your job to tell me what to do? I was like, no, it's my job to help you work out how to get sort of to where you need to go. But it, it's not my job to give you advice. And, and on an absolute side note, I think it's time for us to stop making assumptions on what people need and just to love them. Not to tell them what they need. Like, there's a man with an obvious need here, and Jesus forgave his sins. And everyone else is looking at him, at Jesus going, are you blind? He can't walk. And I feel so often we look at people and we go, this is what you need. Let me tell you from my years of experience, when what they need is your unconditional love and Jesus. And, and as a church, I believe like if we are to move forward and make any impact in the world, we have to take our advice and flush it down the toilet. Like seriously, like get rid of advice. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't, be, don't be sort of cheap advice givers, be big love givers. Okay. So because Jesus sees the heart, he sees what the man really needed. He actually saw the man's deepest need. And I actually feel like we're looking at two totally different things. So I have two boys, Silas and Leon. Silas is five, blonde. Leon is nine months old, brunette. And when people look at the two boys, in the last few weeks, I've had exactly the same responses. I've had people say, oh, Silas is so much like you and Leon's so much like Eva. And then someone else would go, oh, Silas is so much like Eva and Leon's so much like you. And it's like people are looking at faces in different ways. Like we're looking at the same face, but we're seeing something totally different. And I believe we look at the paralyzed man and we see a paralyzed man and Jesus looks at a paralyzed man and he sees a man who needs forgiveness. And we all look at him going, Jesus, what on earth are you talking about? Because he sees our deepest needs. Like the fact that a man couldn't walk, that was a secondary need. He's like, oh, as if that even matters. Like pretty soon you'll be in heaven, you can walk anyway. 
Jesus sees our deepest need and we see all our other needs, every single other need. And they're all needs. They're all real needs. Absolutely. They're actually secondary. They're secondary needs. The common assumption in those days was that sin caused disease. Correct theology is actually that sickness and death are just part of fallen mankind. I actually had a student come to me the other day and she said, I just don't understand how God could allow wars. And I actually, I was like, I actually have the perfect meme for you, which I wish I had up here. And it's like one guy shoots another. It's sort of comical. And it says humans. And then the next thing said, he's like, God, why would you allow this? And uh, we treat each other horribly and tend to blame God. And so um, we just know that the world is broken. It's a fallen place. So Jesus is looking even deeper. He's looking at, at, a, at a deeper need there the most pressing need. And Jesus didn't imply that his paralysis was related to any sin at all. In Matthew 16, it says, what profit is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? The man could have had his legs restored and never be forgiven by Jesus. I think when, it looked, when we talk about a verse like that, that's what we're talking about. You can have all of the things, but Jesus is going, the thing that you need most is my forgiveness because you, my forgiveness restores you to my father and that's the thing you were born for. That's what you're here for. And if we are people who are restored back to the Father, then we go back to point one and we become a community that heals people. Okay? So the Pharisees are asking, is Jesus who he says he is? Are you telling me that you really are God? Because forgiveness of sins equals saying that you're God. Are you a fraud or a liar? Or are you actually the real deal? And and in, in this moment, Jesus actually answers one of life's biggest questions, like one of humans' biggest questions, and essentially is, is, is Jesus who he says he is. I mean, your friends might not all ask it that way, but if they're crying out for meaning and purpose in, life, in their life, they're like people are trying to work out, why, why am I born? Uh, what happens when I die? What's the purpose of life? Or how do I find the good life? And Jesus answers all of those. And, and in this moment, he demonstrates his authority by saying, I'm that answer. I'm, I'm all of that in, in one go. And, and I, I actually, I was, as I was praying about this, I felt so clearly to say tonight, Jesus is the one you're looking for. All of you, if you're single, Jesus is the one you're looking for. And if you're married, Jesus is the one you're looking for. And if you're divorced, Jesus is the one you're looking for. And if you're widowed, Jesus is the one you're looking for. And if you're young, Jesus is the one you're looking for. And all of us, if you have no intention of ever being with anyone, Jesus is the one you're looking for. If you've been hurt by people, Jesus is the one you're looking for. If you're paralyzed, he's the one you're looking for. He has every single thing you need. Every single thing you need. And, and that is, I, I, like, I believe that for us, he wants that, us to know that like, in a guttural way. That he, we're just seeing that. Like, I want to be where you are. And I, I think he wants us to like, not just sing it in church on Sunday and then walk out, but go, no, that is, that is my deepest desire more than anything else. Just like to be with you to know you. Everything else works itself out after that. Number three, Jesus has the power to heal our secondary needs. So he forgives the man's sins, right? And everyone sits there going, well, I think half the crowd would have thought, heal his legs. And the Pharisees, they're going, we're offended. Okay. And then Jesus says, look, I've shown you my authority. I've spoken with this. You don't believe me fully. So let me demonstrate it with power. And the power he uses allows the man to walk. There's also an element of faith where that man actually had to stand up. That's pretty scary too. He stood up. And Jesus 
power is visible as he establishes the fact that he is over the physical realm. He can do things that our minds can't fully comprehend. And what he did in that moment was healed the man in his sense of forgiveness. He healed him physically. And he actually enabled that man to do what he was called to, like to, to, to walk both spiritually free, but physically free. And so the man left the place like praising God. That's what happened. There's, there's no like big convert. He didn't pray a sinner's prayer after that. He experienced the power of God and went out and he would have just gone and told people. And his life was radically transformed because he'd been forgiven and set free and he'd been able to walk. It's phenomenal. It says there, which is easy to say your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk. I think it'd be way easier to say your sins are forgiven because no one can check it out. Way easier. How's, it, how's anyone going to prove it? You could, I could say that to any of you. No one can prove it. But if you can't walk and someone then says, get up and walk and you walk, it's provable, isn't it? I mean, there, there's proof on sins being forgiven, but we can't see it right now. But for someone who can't walk to then walk, that's, that's kind of provable, isn't it? But there's no denying that. Has, has anyone actually ever seen like a miraculous healing before? Yeah, a few people. Yeah, and it's like, and there's part of your brain that's going, I can't comprehend what I'm seeing. And the other part that's going, I can't deny what I'm seeing. I actually remember a young guy years ago who that's how he came to faith because he was at a conference and he saw a person's leg grow. He I was actually on stage and, and then he was like, well, I can't deny that now. And his life was transformed after that. He, he witnessed a demonstration of the power of God. So you are so loved, each and every one of you, regardless of what your mind is telling you or your negative assumptions or even your past, your history, you are so loved. And, and I believe that what Jesus demonstrates here is that he loves us, that he is a, he's a healer. That, that's part of his nature. Wouldn't that be lovely if like, that's what people said about you? You know, like, what do you know? Like, tell me about them. They're a healer. They just heal people. People feel whole and well when they're with you. That'd be, that'd be a pretty cool thing to have people say about you, wouldn't it? That's, that's Jesus. He's a healer. He heals community. He brings fractured community and heals it. Can you imagine those five guys, like the four who carried the paralyzed man and then their paralyzed friend? Imagine what their community was like after that. It would have been like faith-filled and so joyful. And, and I think it would have attracted community. There would have been other people like, oh, can I, can I be part of this? Because there's something really cool here. So do you need community or does someone need you? Or both? I, I think for us as a church, we all need community, but there's probably someone who needs you too. It could be someone in the room. It could be someone who couldn't make it tonight. There's probably someone who needs you. And how can you create healing community to bring them into the presence of God? And I don't mean that you have to get them to church on a Sunday night because they could experience the presence of God in their bedroom or at work or at Coles, maybe. Theo did, so. Do you need forgiveness for your sins? And there's like sort of two ways. We can look at like a you've been separated from God and you say, actually, I, I want complete forgiveness for my sins. And there's also maybe in the last week or the last while you go, actually, I've been doing things that I'm like, this is not cool. 
Like I'm living in a way that's not the way I was designed to live. And I want forgiveness for that. And I want to be restored back to my father. And maybe tonight you're sitting here and you feel, feel distant. Going, actually, I've done things. I've removed myself. Maybe you've been sitting here during the worship and you go, I'm not experiencing the presence of God. And you go, I know that's because I have removed myself from the equation through doing things that aren't great. And I believe that tonight, actually tonight I believe there's healing community. Tonight there is forgiveness for your sins. And scarily, I also think that there's, there's physical healing because do you need healing in some way? Physical, emotional, mental, spiritual relational do you need that or do you know someone who does that you can intercede for i i feel like there's three things really for us that a healthy community leads to healing jesus has the authority to heal our deepest need which is forgiveness of our sins and he has the power to heal our secondary needs which is everything else that comes after that and so that's like a massive list but i would love us as a community of faith to pray tonight so would you stand with me and we're going to worship in a second and you don't have to remember everything I just said, but there's, there's three elements there, were there. And what is it that God is speaking to you tonight? Maybe it's, it's pretty clear, like I know that, 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 that word on community, I know exactly who I need to be community to. Maybe you can, you, maybe you can physically see the person or you can see them in your mind and go, I, I know, I know exactly what I need to do. Maybe tonight you need that forgiveness of sins. And you are just feeling removed from the Father. Maybe there's other ailments, other things, but you go, my deepest need, the thing I need most tonight, I need to be restored back to the Father. I've removed myself from His heart. And I want to be restored. I need forgiveness for my sins. Because I tell you what, we're all sinners. Every single one of us. There's not a single perfect person in the building. Even the person next to you, I know. Not a single person. Even if everyone looks like they've got it all together, no one has it all together. We are all in need of the forgiveness of our Father. And then the last one, do you have a physical, an emotional, a mental, a spiritual, a relational need that you need healing for? And let's, let's pray. Actually, can we get the prayer team out now? Why don't we just do that? Because I'm going to pray. And prayer team, if you guys want to come out and... I don't want to cover everything in a blanket statement because I, I think if there's something that you go, yeah, actually, this is what I want because I want to move forward in my faith. I want to move forward in my relationship with Jesus. I want to be someone who is, who is not bound and paralyzed, but someone who is whole and healed. And I would love you to come and get some prayer. So Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for every single person here because you love them so, so much. You love us so much. We, we think it's easy to say your sins are forgiven, but you actually knew what that cost. You knew that the cost of forgiving sins was way bigger than healing a paralyzed man. That hurt you so much more. And so God, tonight we thank you that you love us so much. We thank you that your desire is not broken or splintered community with factions or hurt people around the place, but people who are healed and whole together loving each other, bringing more people into community. God, that is your desire for us as the church. Lord, would you help us to be that healthy, whole community. God, for anyone tonight who needs forgiveness for their sins, forgiveness for their remo the removal of them from you, or things they've done in the last few weeks, things they're ashamed of, they don't want to tell anyone about. Well, Lord, would you forgive them right now? Lord, we thank you for your forgiveness. And I say you are forgiven in Jesus' name.
And then God, for anyone with any, any other ailment, a physical healing, a mental healing, spiritual, uh, relationships that need restoring, emotions that need, need healing, God, we bring every single one of those to you, our King. And we ask for your healing grace in Jesus' name. Well, these guys are worshiping you. If, you. if you want to be bold and come out and get some prayer, can I encourage you to do that tonight? Let's just take a moment. We're going to worship. We're going to pray and um, go home. Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.